I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. The hits principle is corny, old-fashioned, and all that. But you know what? These guys are buying in. And Dan Weeder. I get criticized all the time for being negative in my coverage of the Chicago Bears. And I tell people, again, it's my 10th season. I have covered one winning season and zero playoff victories. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to Take the North podcast. At Take the North Pod on your Twitter machine. I'm David Haw, along with Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune. It is week one, Sunday on the lakefront. The game we have all been waiting for, Bears 49ers. How prepared do you think the Bears will be, Dan, in Matt Eberflus's first game what are you expecting? Yeah, well, I'm expecting that the energy that the Bears have been feeling through the month of August into the early days of September should carry over at least into the start of that game on Sunday afternoon. There's really positive vibes coming out of Hallis Hall. We will learn how much those are worth as we go forward. I can tell you I have my own positive vibes. And my favor that I'm going to ask of you is that we retain some of this juice that we have in week one if we get to week 11, week 12, and we're in the bit of a grind season as we've experienced in this city that we can keep our uh, energy levels up. But there's a notable excitement that the season is here, right? That's present through all 32 buildings everywhere, but there's just something uh, I think fun for this team in this new era under this new coach to test things out. And so we'll see what they got on Sunday. It is a lot of fun and we will continue uh, that enthusiasm throughout the year because look, <laughs> we're, we're going to be undefeated no matter what happens. Uh, we're going to be unbeaten through 17 games. Uh, yeah. We're already eight. No, right on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> we're eight. No. So episode nine going to set up today's show. Um, obviously, we're going to look at the Sunday's game and some of the big storylines. We're going to make our predictions. We're going to look at some projections for the season that you have mathematically deduced and looked at us at kind of over-unders with some fun that we've had on Twitter as well. And also, we're going to talk and continue our conversation about the team presidency vacancy that Ted Phillips retiring at the end of this year and what some of those qualifications will be for his replacement and let's start, though, with Sunday. Game one, this is a matchup between two teams with second-year quarterbacks taken from the same draft. And obviously, a big source of conversation this week, Dan, Trey Lance went to the 49ers. They moved up to get him. He was the third quarterback taken. Still on the board, the quarterback opposing the 49ers on Sunday, Justin Fields. He hasn't forgotten either. 
Well, he hasn't forgotten, but he also made it very clear on Wednesday afternoon that it's not something that motivates him, right? That the 2021 draft is so far in his rearview mirror that it doesn't matter to him anymore, that it's now his opportunity with the Chicago Bears to prove that he can be a star quarterback. And I appreciate Justin's grounded approach to that. You know, in the back of his head, he understands. And it was Darnell Mooney who told us a week ago that he was going to make the 49ers pay, that that Fields was going to make the 49ers pay for passing him over. Justin downplayed that, but he downplayed it in a way that I think exemplifies how immersed in the moment he is and how he understands that you have to be present in order to reach the goals that you ultimately hope to achieve. And so I thought it was refreshing from Justin to, to kind of sidestep that storyline in a, in a graceful and, and in my opinion, candid way. Totally unscientific, totally uh, based on, you know, things that we haven't seen yet. That's part of the prediction business. Dan, I think that Trey Lance is positioned better than Justin Fields to succeed this year. I think he's obviously on a, t- on a roster that is more playoff caliber. It's yeah. deeper. It's more talented. That said, I think Justin Fields is going to have a better season than Trey Lance. I think there are uh, reasons why I believe that, maybe because of where they came from in college and their respective skill sets. They're very similar in terms of their athleticism, their explosiveness, and how dynamic they are with the football. But I just believe that Justin Fields, based on what we saw last year, has some room for growth in 10 games. We saw that. But I just think that because it's he's he seems more NFL ready. We saw that last year, and I think that's going to continue because of the Lugetti offense. But I'm going to say that Justin Fields is going to have a better season than Trey Lance. See, David, these are the types of clips that our producer, Adam Stadzinski, has to make notes of in September so that we come and, and do our year in review episode at the end of the year in January or February. We can say, was David right on the money or was David way off, right? And we'll make a bunch of those predictions as we go. Uh, but but look, like this is cool on Sunday because these guys are both playing in very similar offensive systems, right? It's from the, the Shanahan tree. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan knows the Shanahan tree as well as anyone. And so you've got these these two quarterback friendly offenses that should set young players up to succeed and be comfortable, as we've talked previously. But to your point, the 49ers, in my opinion, particularly as it relates to week one, have more established around Trey Lance, right? They've got a a play caller in Kyle Shanahan who's done this for a lot longer than Luke Getze has. They've got a receiving core led by Debo Samuel that is more proven than what the Bears will take to the field on Sunday. They've got an offensive line that is sturdier. They've got a reliable running game, right? They've got George Kittle, maybe, right? We're going to have to keep an eye on George Kittle's groin. I know that was not on your to-do list for the week when it started out to keep an eye on George Kittle's groin throughout the week. But that's going to be something that is obviously a storyline that could help Trey Lance or not hurt him. But look, it's a, it's a good, fascinating week one matchup between two young quarterbacks and potential future faces of this league. And, and we'll be right there to watch it. I'm going to ask you what you think about this uh, in terms of the whole captain discussion, because yeah. obviously Justin Fields became one of the four permanent captains all season long. Matt Eberflus made that announcement earlier this week. Meanwhile, out in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan was pretty transparent in acknowledging that Trey Lance finished seventh and they only named six. <laughs> so, Dan, I don't want to make too much out of this. I kidded about it on the Mullen and Haw show. I think that gives Matt Eberflus uh, a step up right now. He's already out coached Kyle Shanahan uh, <laughs> before the game's even started, only because whatever the, the tally was, whatever the ballot showed, it, it's in everybody's best interest for the Chicago Bears to identify and view Justin Fields as the captain of this offense and this football team. Whereas if you're Kyle Shanahan, 
Already you've brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. He's your backup. Already yeah. you're looking at a, a, a confidence-deprived uh, de- or deficient uh, starter in Trey Lance. Now you've given him another reason to doubt where he stands in that locker room. I think that was a mistake. Do you think that's making too much out of nothing? Look, it's never a great sign when your starting quarterback is not one of your captains. I don't know how many teams in the league that have permanent captains have a situation where their starting quarterback isn't one of those guys, right? And so that is a, a reason for pause and a reason for concern if you're the 49ers because you you really want that guy to be a driver, right? We talked about it with uh, Jay Cutler during his time here that you have to be in that role as a starting quarterback, a hub of energy for the entire locker room through thick and thin, through good times and bad times. And, and, and if guys can't go to to their starting quarterback and see him as one of the true leadership sources, you've got some uphill issues to climb. Now, what will it mean on Sunday? I'm not sure. What will it mean for the 49 season? I'm not sure, but I think you're right in getting out your highlighter and, and highlighting that point because it's certainly not a great thing for Trey Lance as he gets going in, in his first season as the, the week one starter. Anything else surprise you or stand out about the Bears captains being Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith on defense, Cody Whitehair, Justin Fields on offense, and David Montgomery as the first of the rotating honorary captains? Not surprised, but I would say that it's certainly notable that Roquan earned this designation given how his training camp started, right? And when you miss right. 15 practices and 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 close to uh, you know three and a half weeks of training camp because you're in a hold in, you know that's not necessarily what the team is asking you to do in terms of modeling behavior you'd like to see from those around you. At the same time, Roquan's ability to get that vote from his teammates tells you how he's seen in that locker room, tells you how he's valued when he's on the field. And so I think it is notable. And Ryan Poles talked to us last week about Roquan's ability to, to compartmentalize the business stuff and separate it from the football responsibilities. Roquan's obviously done so in a way that has impressed his teammates. And so he'll have an entire season in that leadership role. And, and it's his, uh, his opportunity to do something with it. A couple other notes from this week in preparation for the 49ers. Curious what you thought about <laughs> and just overall, the Bears have 15 rookies and yeah. on their 53-man roster. And on one, on one hand, you're like, oh, God, there's 15 rookies. And the, any team that has 15 rookies is going to be one of the worst in the league. And we understand that perception. And certainly nationally, that's been the opinion, prevailing thought about the Bears. On the other, I look at it as not a huge surprise, Dan, because whether the rookies or first or second year players, what you want when you have a, a collegiate approach like Matt Eberflus and his coaching staff have taken is that you want a buy-in. You want a total and complete buy-in. You're more likely to get that with young players who haven't proven a thing and are happy to be there and want to impress the coaching staff than with guys who might be thinking, okay, I'm going to use this one-year contract as an opportunity to go elsewhere. So I get why they have structured the roster this way. Maybe it's coincidence, but I think it's not entirely not by design either. Well, that phrase is written here for a later part of our discussion in this podcast, buy-in, because it's a word that's been coming from the players' mouths in Hallis Hall over the last six or seven days, and I think it's notable in that regard. I think, David, I'll give you some numbers that, that sort of emphasize the point that you're making. The 53-man roster, as the Bears went to their first practice of week one on Wednesday afternoon, consisted of 34 guys who weren't with the team when 2022 began. 15 of those, as you mentioned, who weren't even in the NFL at that point, and seven who joined the team in the last week, right? And so you've got this 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 prime evidence of the major overhaul that's been done to this roster. But I think along with that, what I've felt in the locker room these last few days, this week, is that there isn't that 
cumulative frustration and baggage that came with 2019 and 2020 and 2021 because so many of these guys had nothing to do with that and weren't here for it. And so there's a refreshing restart to this. Listen, when you overhaul the roster to that extent, it also tells you that that you have major issues, right? And, and, and you need to build talent and depth. And people in Chicago should understand that while they feel good about the energy this team has right now, they're going to be under-talented in most games they play. They are probably going to be the underdog on the Vegas line in every game, that, or in most of the games they play, correct? So so it's just about setting your expectations accordingly and understanding what this season is about. And I've said it really since the outset that for this version of the Chicago Bears, this season is about being functional and competitive in a way that sets you up for future success beyond 2022. Last point on that roster uh, situation is that when you have 15 rookies, it's easier, it's easier to teach a team how to win when you don't have a predominance of players who are conditioned to lose. Yeah. And when you have, you know, last year's roster, if you have carryover, if you have residue from all that losing, it's harder to teach a team how to get through adversity when they are so familiarly like the feeling is so like, Oh boy, I remember this. And they kind of become conditioned to, to lose. And that's how you create a losing culture. And the bears are trying to, eradicate that. So well, I think I'll just add on to that because Justin Fields has insinuated several times since the spring that he wasn't necessarily thrilled with the culture that was in the building during his rookie season. And my counter argument to that is, well, Justin, you were playing with a bunch of guys who had experienced 2020 and 2019 and had lost trust in their leadership, had, had, had built up frustration that made them say, here we go again, when the second game turned into the third game, turned into the fourth game, all losses, right? We had these long stretches for three straight years where they, they lost at least four games in a row. And and so, you know, again, like Justin couldn't understand that because he was at Ohio State during those those nosedive years that started for the Bears. But now he's got an opportunity tying it back to the captain's role to help establish the culture that he wants to be the guy that that helps establish this this this, uh, you know, pattern of work habits and cohesion and everything else that they want from this team. So we'll see where they take it here. Uh, obviously, when you're zero and zero, all those feelings can be good. It's a different ball game when you're three and five, three and six, three and seven. So let's see what these guys are made of. Last point before we move on. What is the condition of the Bermuda grass they have resotted <laughs> and what condition will it be in on Sunday when chief agronomist Robbie gold and the 49ers take the field. So wonderful point by you there, because how cool is this, that the bears are finally getting a new surface at soldier field. And the first opponent they play is a guy who griped about the playing surface for most of his 11 seasons and justifiably so, but Robbie's input on, on this surface on Sunday is going to be fascinating, right? I'm going to be interested to watch him kick in the pregame, interested to potentially talk to him post game and figure out what he thinks of this. I'll tell you his counterpart on the bears. Cairo Santos is super excited to be kicking on this Bermuda grass, to be able to, to have better footing hopefully to be able to see more of the ball to not have to worry so much about all the landmines that are around the football field when you're going out to kick a ball you hear nothing but positives from players in the bears locker room right now about switching to a surface that's going to be shorter right hopefully it can it can be durable and hopefully it can withstand for for much of the season but matt eberflus told you on, on wednesday afternoon that he's eager for this team to play on a faster surface Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, let's move on and let's play the numbers game. All right, so I thought it would be fun uh, for our numbers game this week to set some over-under totals for things that we could vote on preseason. Some of them are, 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 most of them are season projections. There's one that is not. And so I thought we'd go through this. Now, we asked our, our audience on at Take the North Pod on Twitter to vote along with us. And Adam Stadzinski is going to give us the results of those polls as we go through this. But let's okay. start with the Chicago Bears rank in total yardage for the 2022 season. I set the over-under total at 23. Now, folks need to know there's some science behind how I set these numbers. The Bears in 2013, my first season on the beat, set a franchise record with 6,109 total yards. They ranked eighth in the NFL. It is the only time in the 21st century that they have been inside the top 10 in total offense in the eight seasons since. They have had an average rank of 23rd that's where the number 23 comes from okay so over or under 23rd i think i'll start and i will say that they are going to be i'll take the over if it means higher than 23 i think they're going to be among the bottom five to seven in terms of total yardage so i would say over i am also going over in that category studs so I'm going to go under, but by like one or two, I think they're going to be bottom 10, but I don't think they're going to be 23rd or lower. So 21, 22 is where I'm saying. What the audience say. So our audience on Twitter at take the North pod agreed with you guys. 56.1% of the vote came in for the over on total yardage rank. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. All right. Season takeaway total. I set the over-under at 32 and a half. Again, there's science, fellas, behind this. Lovey Smith's first season on the job when he came in and he spent an entire offseason in training camp telling guys, we got to get the football. We got to claw at the football. We got to rip at the football. The Chicago Bears had 29 takeaways in Lovey's first season. In Lovey's next eight seasons, the Bears averaged 35 takeaways per season. We'll find our way to the middle of those two totals, 32 and a half. Where are you going? I'm going to take the over. I think that they're going to get more takeaways. I think when you emphasize anything, you're going to get some results with the team that is committed to produce those results. And 
football is a violent game, but I think it's also about speed, about when you get to the collision. And I think the Bears are going to be faster defensively. It's going to be a point of emphasis. And they have gotten some guys who now are, are going to hit you and it's going to hurt. And I think Jaquan Brisker is the first guy that comes to mind. So I think the takeaways are going to eventually come. Maybe not much over, but I think it's going to be the over. I'm going to go under, uh, but I think they are going to be able to get into the high 20s, right? And I think Matty Berflus' style will translate, and they will be able to play a brand of football that they want. Uh, I think there are going to be weeks where they're playing from behind, and they don't have the uh, luxury of, of pinning their ears back, pressuring the quarterback, and getting some of those uh, punctuation takeaways that became a staple of the Lovey Smith era when the Bears were doing well. Uh, so I'll go under, but not by much. So I am also going to take the under, but uh, similar to you, Dan, I don't think it's going to be much under 32 and a half. I, I'm thinking high 20s, maybe right up to 30. I just don't think they'll eclipse the, the I don't think they'll equip, get to 33 to eclipse the over. So as for our Twitter audience, they agreed with me and Dan. They took the under with 62.2% of the vote taking the under. Haters. <laughs> We're moving on to the next category, which is Matt Eberflus's Bears win total. And that is not, fellas, just about the 2022 season. That's the number of victories that Matt Eberflus will have in his entire tenure as Chicago Bears coach. I set the number at 36. Lovey Smith had 81 victories in his nine seasons as Bears coach. That's the most of any coach in the post-Mike Dick era. Mark Tressman, 13 in two seasons on the job at Hallis Hall. The average of the six coaches in the post-Mike Dick era victories are 36. Can Matty Berflus get there? 36 times he's got to stand up on a podium after a game and say, hey, we won today. Can he do it, David? I think that this asks to basically check a box, and this is almost a referendum on whether or not this was a good hire, whether or not you predict that this coach will stick around long enough to do that. And it's it's absurd when you look at the quarterback uh uh, statistics overall and career-wise, and you look at the head coaching uh, victory totals career-wise, but they're all tied together, right? That's what uh, one goes with the other. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over because right now, if you ask me whether or not this was a smart hire, I think we have more evidence that it is than that it isn't. I know that was the same. If you would ask us this question in the August or early September of 2013, we would have said the same thing about Mark Tressman. But I do see good signs that – you know, Matt Eberflus is going to be here for the long haul. And I think the culture that has been created is certainly conducive to winning. And I also think that the difference between one of the many differences, though, but the difference between this early third, uh, 2013 look in comparison to now is that Matt Eberflus's boss seems like he has more of a clue to what's going on. Flus' predecessor, Matt Nagy, got to 34 victories. 12 of those were in a coach of the year season in 2018 and never was able to sustain that success. The Bears don't really have a track record of sustaining success. And so I'm just voting with my my educated gut and going in the under here. I don't know when Matt Eberflus will, will kind of hit the wall, uh, but, but certainly the Bears' track record has not given you optimism to believe that there's going to be a long run. So I'm, I'm more on the optimistic side. I'm going to hit... You guys know by now, I like to think optimistically when it comes to the Bears. I think that he's we're going to hit the over with Matt Eberflus' total victories. It's it's just such a low bar, and 
you know, they got to find the right guy post Lovey eventually. And I really like what <laughs> Matt Eberflus is doing. I really like the way that he's more of that CEO coach. He's not, uh, he, and that was the thing that I, I wanted them to find most when they were looking for a coach was find the guy that's the best head coach. I don't care what system he's going to bring in there. They need a good head coach. And I'm seeing signs of that so far. We'll see how the, the culture and everything holds up. The hits principle, we know that stuff can get old if, if, if you're losing. So we'll see how everything holds up. But I'm taking the over on this one. And, and our Twitter audience is pretty, pretty heavily in favor of the over as well. 78.2% of the vote took the over on Matt Eberflus' total victories at 36 Two more of these. We'll go through these really quick. Cole Komet's yardage in 2022. I set that total at 764. Cole had 612 receiving yards last year uh, in his second season in the league. Martellus Bennett in his Pro Bowl season of 2014 had 916 yards. We'll go right in the middle of those two totals, land at 764. 764 for Cole Komet. You guys know where I'm voting, David. Where are you going? I know where you're going. I'm going the opposite. <laughs> Not because you're going that way, but because I think attrition's going to factor in at some point and he's going to be relied upon a lot. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm taking the under. Cole said in the locker room on Wednesday that he cannot read the negative comments about where people uh, project the Bears to finish this season, just as he can't listen to or read the praise that is out there for him potentially having a breakout year. So Cole is no longer part of our audience because I'm gushing on him so much. <laughs> I'm taking the over in that category. We'll see where it goes. I'm going to take the over as well, guys. I think that Cole Komet's going to be easily the second best receiving option for Justin Fields. That's going to lead to a lot of targets and yards. And Twitter agrees with me and Dan on this one, 69.8% wow. say over. So, yeah. You see the way I fueled them. the belief in Cole Komet amongst <laughs> the masses in Chicago? There it goes. You're an honorary the homer. <laughs> Very last one. Roquan Smith, interceptions, plus sacks, plus force fumbles, plus fumble recoveries. Set this one at 11 and a half. Lance's Briggs, Lance Briggs' best total in, that, in those categories, cumulative, was eight in 2006, the Super Bowl year. Darius Shaquille Leonard's best total in Matterbury-Flus' defense was 15 in 2018. Come to the middle, 11 and a half. Roquan, interceptions, plus sacks, plus fumbles force, plus fumbles recovery. Can he get to a dozen? I think I have to stay consistent because if I'm going to pick the over on takeaways, I'm going to go with Roquan Smith being a big part of that. I think the one thing, and this may sound stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. The one thing I think Roquan Smith may do better than Lance Briggs is rush the passer. So if Sachs is part of that and he, they incorporate him into either linebacker blitzing or find a way to get him home and rush him, the quarterback, I think they're going. it's going to pay off. And then you might see also some strip sacks. You might see some sacks, period. But I do think that I'm going to take the over, and he'll be closer to Darius Leonard's, Shaq Leonard's ceiling than he will be to Lance Briggs's floor. So I am also going to take the over. I'm a big believer in Roquan Smith. I think that I agree with David in the fact that I think he, if I think he can rush the passer pretty well, and they're going to need to blitz a little more because they're, they're front four, whatever you want to call it, four or five in certain formations is going to be needing a little help in the pass rush. So I think they rush him a little more and that helps them get the over on 11 and a half. Twitter agrees. 58% say that Roquan Smith's going to hit the over on interception sacks, forced fumbles, fumble recovery. He's at 11 and a half. 58 percent that no coincidence there 58 how about that believing in 58 as i do okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, let's keep the predictions going. Time for our prediction segment. Okay, everyone's got a thought on who's going to score what on Sunday. Bears, Niners, Soldier Field on the lakefront. I think the Bears are going to be competitive. I think the Bears are going to keep it close. I think that Sunday is going to go the way a lot of games this season will go. If you ever want to play the 49ers, it's in the season opener. Crazy things could happen, but I don't think it's going to be that crazy. 49ers 27, Bears 19. David, I am similar to you with my uh, outlook for the game as well as my score. I've got a final result of 49ers 26, Bears 17. Much like 2021, I think the Bears can keep it competitive. I think they can even lead well into the second half, but ultimately the 49ers have just a little bit more, as we talked about earlier, and they slip out of town at 1-0 with a 26-17 victory on the lakefront. So my prediction, which I, if you guys don't know, for those listening, we do predictions at the score, and I accidentally replied all to on my prediction. So well done. Great start. And uh, anyway, so I'll stick with my prediction that I did there on the scores website. Um, basically, I, I said 49ers 24, Bears 20. I think the Bears do cover the spread. I do think that Trey Lance is going to have a worse season, like you said, David, than, than Justin Fields. But ultimately, I think that the 49ers defense is going to be too much for the Bears to to outscore the, the Niners offense. So, yeah, 49ers 24, Bears 20, but I think it'll be a competitive game. All right, so now all we have to wait and see is how our silly our predictions look come Sunday afternoon. Can't wait for opening weekend. Can't wait for the first game between the Bears and 49ers. We've been waiting a long time for this. Anything else that we've forgotten to cover, Dan, as we talked about the opener? Look, I'm going to be very interested to see how rookie left tackle Braxton Jones holds up against Nick Bosa in a premier matchup. I'm going to be very interested to see how the Bears defense manages to defend Debo Samuel. And most of all, David, the Bears have a responsibility on Sunday to play the hits, right? If we're going to talk about the hits principle for eight plus months leading into a season, it's up to them to establish that as their identity and show people that what this actually looks like when they're playing real games with real stakes in the regular season. And who knows, maybe we'll come in here next week and we'll drop the pod after the game and we'll be talking about whether they are one hits wonders or not. There you go. There you go. Pull off the upset and shock the nation, shock the world. Anyway, either way, we will be back next week. Thank you for joining us on Take the North Pod. It's at Take the North Pod. You can find it on the Odyssey app. You can find it wherever it gets your podcasts. For Dan Weeder of the Chicago Tribune, Adam Stadzinski, our producer, I am David Haw from the Mullen Haw Show on 670 The Score. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the football game. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, everyone.